fun. Welcome, dear listener, to another Geeking on Sports cast. As always, my name is Kieran. Thank you today, Alex. Thank you for being here. And hey, our special guest. Um, I don't know why we call him this, but of course he is our Montreal um, specialist. Our, 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 I, I can say it. It's He's our yeah. Habs correspondent. Correspondent. Uh, there you go. That's uh, a lot of fancy titles for a guy yeah, fan of bad indeed. teams. Indeed. But you, you talk more than just the Habs. You, you mm-hmm. know a lot about different sports. So uh, we appreciate your knowledge. Uh, before we get into some hockey, I would like to say... Uh, after wait, 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 wait. Are you going to mention cricket? Yay! All right, AFCON champions, Senegal. Wow, what a finish. Um, finals, they went to the extra time, and they couldn't finish an extra time. They went to shootouts. Now, this is crazy because Egypt, I think for the first time in AFCON history, had four penalties in a row to decide you know, to go on to the next round. So that was pretty incredible they must have been pretty tired but good on senegal for winning for the first time ever in their country's history uh huge tournament and very happy to say that my edward mendy won and my (laughs) sara won so very happy for them uh other news chelsea are your club world cup champions uh a nice lukaku header in the first half or maybe second half uh got the lead and then a late penalty conceded by Thiago Silva meant that Palermo or Palmera, sorry, uh, equalized. And then Kai Havertz with the penalty in the last few minutes of the extra time to secure the victory for Chelsea. Uh, some cricket news. We don't really need to get into it much, but there's some big IPL action with the, with the live player auctions. A lot of teams are getting, um, are redoing their rosters and, uh, with the addition of two new uh, teams in the league, that'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, Alex, I'll leave it to you for some tennis news. Uh, yeah, just to go around the world of sport, just uh, breaking uh, before the podcast, uh, Felix Oje Aliassime, uh, ranked number nine in the world in tennis, uh, obviously Canadian, uh, won his first uh, ATP Tour title, which he actually got quite emotional. He played amazing. I think if he, he continues this way, he could definitely be top five in the world uh, this year. And he played great at the Australian Open. So really exciting. And uh, there's still Dennis and Bianca Andrescu and Leila Annie Fernandez. So Tennis Canada is doing awesome, which is just hype. So uh, we can we can start going into some hockey, but it's uh, really exciting news for, for Tennis Canada. All right, let's get into it. So with the firing of Duchamp, and the hiring of Martin Saint-Louis. What can we expect from his coaching style and what can he bring to this team, realistically speaking? Because there's not much that he can do from a player perspective, but you can impact the way that they are playing. Me and my buddies were actually having this conversation where we thought how funny would it be if we had player coaches and Saint-Louis would easily fit on like our second or first line. Let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but anyways, as far as firing Sean and getting in Saint-Louis, I don't know San Luis coaching style because he has no experience with it. The last thing he coached was a peewee team and, you know, they weren't on CBC. So on Hockey Night Canada, so I didn't get to watch. I hope that just because it's Martin San Luis, it's at least going to be a guy that the team can look up to and be like, all right, like maybe the coaching ideas are going to be new and maybe they're going to be recycled from other coaches that he knew. But it's a fresh face that the guys can kind of put and be like, yeah, we can start trusting this guy. Like it's a new thing to buy into to kind of renew that optimism. 
and Caulfield saying like, ah, you know, I used to wear 26 because of him and so on and so forth. And all the reasoning, the guys all respect St. Louis, you know, and he's there as interim. So if at the end of the season, they just keep playing really, really poorly and somebody with more, uh, a bigger resume comes in, maybe he'll step down as a, you know, maybe they'll, they won't bring him back or they'll put him as an assistant or something, but it's nice to just have him now to make sure that the guys don't kind of lose faith as much. And so they don't just sit there and go, I want to trade out of Montreal. I want to trade out of Montreal because as much as we kind of suck right now, there's still like, there's quality players that are sitting in the locker room that at their highest potential can be part of a functioning, successful hockey team. It's not shown that right now, but there's still some good guys playing. So the last thing I'd want to do is that Montreal then just loses all you know, a, a tie, uh, not a tire, like loses all of its appeal to free agents. Right. Cause then, then the only place in Canada they're going to go is Toronto and we don't want that. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll push back a little bit on the, the free agency. You guys don't have that much cap space. So I, I don't, and you have a lot of long-term money. So I don't really know if you're going to be able to recruit free agents. Like you're right now. It's, I don't think it's as much recruiting $4 million and 12 million in L. LTIR, right? So, I mean, that will come off a little bit with, you know, Sherrod will get traded at the deadline and stuff. Uh, my kind of question to you is, did you feel Ducharme was, uh, like, deserved getting fired? I think so, because not only from a from a point of, like, they were losing games, but, like, there comes a point where, like, all right, we're losing a lot of games. Playing these veteran guys more per night is not going to make us win we should just just put Caulfield on the ice, put Cole on the ice, put all those guys that you want to give time to just give them the chance to play. And they weren't really being given the chance. Cause you had like our first power play did not include, you know, guys like Cole Caulfield and maybe even Ryan Paling, just throw them on there and see what kind of chemistry you can develop. Like right now, Caulfield's playing on the fourth line with Ryan Paling and Armia right now, like since like MVP. last night, like last okay. night, that's the line he was on. And last night he scored a goal. It was great. But just set him up for success instead of like set instead of sheltering him as much. Like, I don't think the fourth line is the place for Cole Caulfield, especially now two goals in two games. Like put him on the second line. Yeah. He doesn't need to play against the top hitters of every team, but play him a little more. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hope that St. Louis is going to kind of go into. Cause like, I think the players believe in the, the rest of the management group between Kent Hughes and Gordon so maybe if, you know, St. Louis just exists to help push that vision forward with the players. That was one thing that I know that Shalom was frustrating a lot of the fans is that he wasn't playing, you know, Caulfield and even Kakanyemi when he was there. He wasn't playing those guys. Like he scratched Kakanyemi during playoffs and stuff like that. He like, scratched Caulfield too. Right? Like it was like just, just let him play. It was it was very frustrating to see. And some of that might not have been him. Some of that might have been Bergeron making those calls. But at the end of the day, it came down to Deshaun. And I just – oh, sorry. I just wanted to add quickly, if that's okay, Kieran. But, yeah, go for it. Um, I, like, for me, like, their, their team is horrible. And obviously, they've had a lot of, you know, things go wrong. Like, it's been a horrible – like, everything that could have possibly gone wrong – has happened. They're in, they're playing their third and fourth goalie. Primo isn't ready for the league right now. Montembeau's like a fringe, uh, you know, backup who's actually been all right for them. But and obviously all the injuries with Weber and Price and Dano losing and uh, leave, losing those guys, Dano and Cockniemi and free agency. 
um, the thing with this team is they don't play like they've been so bad defensively, like not just bad goaltending, but really bad. So I think he deserved, yeah. I think he deserved to get fired. And, um, you know, it's for me, it's still puzzling why he's on the fourth line right now, but they, he's already on the first power play unit, which is like, I don't know why you don't play Caulfield. Uh, well, like, yeah, just give him the puck and let him shoot. But the other thing is under Shalm, they would play this big keep away game in the power play where it mm-hmm. always ended up back to Petrie. And then, you know, Petrie just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn and he was just rifling shots off the glass every time. But yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, look at the record. They're 8-32-7, and seven, right? Are we going to get to 10 wins this season? Your win percentage is 245. Yeah, that's insane. But what I, I just wanted to say is, like, this team on paper isn't as bad as that record. And I think no. that's the indication of coaching, right? Like, they, they should be bad. They should be one of the yeah. bottom five teams in the league. Yeah, but they not eight wins bad. Yeah. No. Yeah, like in, in what is that? Oh my god, that's 47 like, games. Holy sh like we're gonna be worse than Buffalo two years ago. And that was touted as like one of the worst hockey Are teams you, ever. Do you know if you're on pace to be worse than that Red Wings team? No, the Avalanche team that had like 30 points. No, I think I think before the season ended because of COVID in 2020, Detroit was supposed to be worse than that team. Uh okay. I'll, I'll do the math quickly, but uh anyways, long story short, it's been awful. Yeah, yeah, awful. And we've also just, alongside Sham, like we've just seen regression from some players who were kind of doing well. Like Petrie had that one year where he was like fringe Norris conversation. I'm not saying he was going to win it, but he was playing mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. And now this year, he has just completely, completely given up on the game of hockey. And like, that could also be coaching and management in the sense of they didn't, they no longer want to play for that person. Yeah. Well, it's it's been rumored that he's like, demanded a trade on the inside and it hasn't been made public but who's to tell i wouldn't be surprised mm. if like he demanded a trade and he wants to leave mm. um i see so, your reaction so you want you want to give us the uh detroit so right now you're on pace for less points than detroit had in that 71 game season in 2020 you're also you're not just a little bit like a marginally you're like two wins behind their pace Oh my and that God. was, I think, the worst team ever. Almost, uh, I'll double check how bad Colorado was in 2017. Um, anyways, so you from can... Stanley Cup losers to last place by in a the league, shot. yeah, by by a mile. That's the power of Carey Price right there. <laughs> yeah, clearly, that's All that's right. what having a little. Oh, and you're also on pace to less points than the Colorado Avalanche team. Uh, in, yeah. in 2017. Brilliant. So Sherratt's injured now, literally just from a minute ago. I was going to say, he he um, twists his ankle or something. Sherratt just, the tweet just went out. He's on the uh, the injured list and Corey yeah. Shenaman is coming up. That's, That's really so... bad. That's really bad. That's and, so I, bad. and I don't mean that because you're like his impact. trade value. Yeah. Trade like, value. Yeah. Yeah. He like, nobody's like, going to want to trade a first for him for and, a bum and ankle. That's the thi- and that's the thing. Like um, Dreger and McKenzie and Friedman have all said that he's going to get a first this year, that's, and if he's insane. out, if I, which is so stupid to me, that's but insane. I know. But if that's the case, he just put him on like uh, just put him in bubble wrap and don't put him out there for like until the trade deadline, especially with this injury. Like um, maybe just play him one game to show that he's back healthy, and then just put him in bubble wrap. Um, 
All right, before I forget, now we've been talking a lot about Martin Saint-Louis. Um, has, does he have any previous uh, like coaching experience? No. Or is this like... No, Olivier. He's just appointed. So he's just been appointed. So, I mean, in that sense, is it even justified to hire him? Like, would it not be best to get someone that actually has some experience? I mean, yes and no. Because, like, if you get somebody who has some experience and then they come in and they're still really, really bad and the players lose faith in them, then there's that, like, well, next year we can try again, but they already start on a bad foot. Like, just from a, like, as a player perspective. Sure, sure. But sure. That's, from, yeah, go ahead. From, like, this perspective, ha- it to me, it looks like the team has already given up on the Habs. Like, oh, yeah. bringing in a guy that has zero experience. It's just, like have fun you guys are pretty much a hl team now just do whatever the fuck you guys want to do but isn't <laughs> isn't that better than what was under ducharme like th- this team lost 7-1 to the devils who suck right oh my god don't and tell like i just I, I just think isn't that the attitude you want if you're gonna be this bad and suck let's at least have a good team environment you can't and- create a culture where it's it's just that mentality yeah like, you can't create a culture where losing is okay yeah i i get that but also you want your players to play better and at least caulfield scored twice in the first two games under st louis he had one goal and 30 under ducharme like Bro, caulfield it, has more goals than eichel all right let's let's yeah. here. <laughs> no but you get what i mean right is that in this case it's already better for the guys they want to develop right mm-hmm. well i'd I think rather, I'd rather them stay this bad and caulfield start scoring than them win more games and like they're just playing ahlers to grind out wins do you know what i mean does that make yeah. sense to you olivia the last thing i want at this point in the season because like we're not st louis from like 2019 or whatever year that was My God. we're not gonna we're not gonna come back and win the cup we're not we're not doing that i know but the last thing I want is that we go on a tear and we win like, I don't know, 15 Whoa. to 20 games. And then we kind of scratch ourselves out into like, instead of the last, last place, we're like fourth last. And then we just kind of don't get best odds at a pick or something. The thing about that, you have a long way. Like you have to go on a literally 15 and 20 run. Yeah, no, I'm saying that. I don't I, want that, which is a good thing that we're on this pace right now. I, I, I will say, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Olivia. I think the worst, like, you're, you're what? You're 15 game, 15 points behind basically the Kraken and Buffalo who are, and the Sens that are in, in third. You're not that far off Arizona if you were to get a little hot and, and they've been mm-hmm. playing all right for, so I think the worst you can really be is second last, which, but, I mean, we've, we've seen those picks drop to fourth. We've seen them drop, right? So if we're going to lose, like every team who does it, if we're going to lose, just give us the first overall pick. No, 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 I get it. But, I mean, the, basically the, the chances are that you you go from fourth to fifth pick as the worst-case scenario, and that's not mm-hmm. – I, I just don't – you're so far back. I, I think it's, it's you or Arizona, right? So I wouldn't be too worried about, like, losing a lot, but obviously it's important, right, because fourth – the fifth is still a significant and you have better odds at, at Shane, right? Mm-hmm. Here's actually a question to go back at you guys about Dushaum and like the development of young Habs players and how for the past, like, I don't know, 10 years, it's been absolutely trash. And that the only pick that we made that had like a long lasting effect in future with the team 
has been like Carey Price. Every other high pick or anything that we've gotten has been turned into a shit show, whether it's because of Bergevin or the coaching. But do you guys think that with the changing of Shalom and the rest of the management group, it's going to make a big difference and we're going to start actually developing players properly? I think uh, it's more sorry. just a cultural and like you just don't have a good development program that I'm not sure that's necessarily indicative of the coach or the like the top manager. I, 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 I supporting I, staff. I disagree. I think they rushed the players. I think Cockney should have never played his like the first mm. year after getting drafted. He was 18, not strong enough. He had a good rookie year, but then the second year he had mm-hmm. a wall and had to go back to the HL. What I would yeah. say is, like, you can see, like, this is basically, at least with Gordon under the helm, Gorton under the helm, is the, you know, look at the Rangers and how well they've been playing. That's a Gordon team. Like, he, basically the whole team. But he did not draft very well. Like, mm-hmm. Lafreniere has not been, hasn't been the best player in that draft. Yeah, but he, he was consensus number one pick. No, 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 in, I, in I, I get it. what other people said. I, I get it. I'm not. I'm not blaming them on the pick. Capo Caco has been really bad for a number two overall pick. They've traded like two or three of their other first round picks, and I think Kratsov is going to get traded. And then they traded another Swedish guy, who is like a top ten pick. So I'm a bit worried about them getting another for, like pick. Like I think if they pick Shane Wright, it's kind of like Lafreniere. You can't really blame. The, yeah, he's kind the, of the guy you have to pick. But, he's he's not going to be the best guy in the, that draft. The reason why the Rangers have been so good have not has, has mostly not been because of the draft. It's be, been because of trades and acquisitions. Now that's great. That means you have a good someone that can, you know, get people in. Mm-hmm. But I'm not as like I'm a bit more skeptical about their draft record under Gorn. Now who knows? Like I'm not. Well, they, know, they, get, they, he rushed players. Yeah, but if you mm-hmm. get Shane Wright or Connor Bedard in the next two years, uh, especially Bedard oh, next yeah. year, which you guys could definitely get, um, I don't think you're going to be that good next year either. Then you know, you know, you just need a bit of luck too. So, mm-hmm. well, I think it, I think it's a it's wise that we're looking at you know players that are actually ready and then players that are that need some time. And I, I think yes. The you know young players now are more ready than they ever were or have been before, but they do at times need to take you know that extra little step between junior and the actual big show mm-hmm. to kind of show and prove themselves. And I, I think uh, like what LA has done with Quinton Byfield is like he's playing a bit in between, but he's I think he's played most of his games thus far in the AHL, just proving that he can be a dominant player there and then make the next move up. Uh, whereas, you know, with Capo Caco and, you know, Kukiniemi and uh, Lafreniere and all those players, we, we saw them come up and I mean, it was like Jake Furtanen with Vancouver and before all the non, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he was also rushed and that was an issue. It's like he should not have been, and that posed a lot of issues. Um, but it's, it's, it's not an exact science, right? Like it's hard to get right, but I feel like if you put them in that space where they're able to develop a bit and then become more dominant once they're in the actual league, that's probably better than just putting them in the deep end. And especially if you're not giving them the top minutes. But th- but that's kind of why I worry a little bit about this management stuff is Kako and Lafreniere never went down. Yeah. And they haven't shown to be good in the NHL. 
Like Lafreniere has 13 points this year in like 45 games. Like, do you think Kent Axel Hughes is going to step in though? Do you think Kent I don't Hughes know. might I... step in and be like, "Hey, like I get you're the president of hockey operations, and I kind of exist in an alternate space, but like, keep the guys back. Like this team's not going to start winning in a couple of years. Just keep the guys back and let them play well somewhere else." And I, I think in those years with Bergevin, they were like they'd be really good because Price had a great year. Mm-hmm. And they go to the conference finals and then they'd regress because mm-hmm. price was ordinary, right? Yeah. And they were kind of stuck in that middle. I think at least for next year, they're gonna have to be a rebuilding team. For right. Sure. And with the way like entry level contracts work, like let's say they get the fourth pick, right? Let's say they drop and mm-hmm. they get some player, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. It doesn't why would you rush them? Oh, there's no reason to. Well, another right? thing too that like under Bergevin and Zushalm and stuff like that, like Kakanyemi had a rough start to the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. when we had him and then they sent him to the ahl he had like nine points in five games and they're like cool come right back it's like no like just let him continue to hang out with the rocket and just and you know they're gonna I, win games he's gonna get points he's gonna feel great about himself he's gonna come up and then he's gonna keep going with that a little five game stint is not enough to be like and, recognizant of how good he can be and i don't want to make this like about the sense but because like I'm, I'm just going to touch on it a little bit, but look at Batherson and Norris. Those mm. guys probably, you know, they sucked. The Sens Formington, sucked. Formington, they could, they yeah. were, they were talented enough to be on the NHL team at the time, for right? sure. And they absolutely killed it in Belleville two years ago, like the first pandemic um, season, right? Yeah, exactly. And they were just killing it in Belleville as like relatively, like nobody players, knew like who 20 they were. Year olds. Nobody yeah. knew who they were. Nobody yeah. was like, and, oh, and, that's prospect. Yeah, and, and brought them in, and they're playing great. Yeah, and these guys are now like top six players on most teams. Like they look, mm-hmm. and they're still super young. So um, I think that's the approach. And I think in a weird way, you want the Habs to still be bad next year. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, Kieran, if you want, I have one kind of question to Olivier, but we can move on if you if you think there's enough time. Uh, to- how long is it? <laughs> it's just more a kind of question as for the the summer, like like because you have a lot of long-term deals like do you try to kind of give up an asset and just get rid of deals to create cap space or do you just kind of hold on and 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 just try to like with the players because you have to Foley, anderson i think it depends on whether they can expect price is going to play again yeah if price uh, i'll keep it really short if price is going to play again in the next few years at least for at least like two or three more years they're probably going to hold on to some of those contracts and try to build around them, which I don't think is the right decision. If price goes out and says injuries are too much for me, I'm not coming back to the team as much as I want to, whatever happens there. Uh, then at that point you pick a few guys, like you pick Toffoli, Dvorak, and then everybody on an entry level contract and maybe like, like you keep Kulak or someone like that, or you trade yeah, Kulak I, I, like another random, you know, solid ish, bottom pair defenseman and then you just get what you can for the rest yeah because i've already heard that teams are sniffing on dvorak and they just traded yeah like dvorak if we can get back a first and a third for dvorak we can't um but like (laughs) anything and like if anybody rings on josh anderson do it because josh anderson is a guy that mark virgin saw score one goal in 2019 and went yep seven million dollars for whatever hell is it's a seven year deal it's not seven year deal sorry but like for 5.5 or something like come on (laughs) like the guy scored one goal in 2019 i get it josh anderson's good but like he's not that good he's a second line player 
If yeah, that, if exactly. That, and if then when that. you consider that like Brendan Gallagher is getting paid like six for a way, 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 way better production. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Gallagher is another one of those untouchables, but everybody else can go as much as okay. I don't want to buy another Armia jersey. <laughs> okay, okay. Let, let, let's let's cut it there for the Habs talk. Um, we spent quite a bit of time there, so let's let's turn it more for to the league. Uh, Norris rankings. I mean, this has been an electrifying. Norris Trophy. Year. Well, yeah, but it's Norris uh, rankings. But okay, I just I just meant to clarify for the, the listeners. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. continue. Yeah, yeah. Hey. all right. Kale McCarr is on pace for thirty goals, as you mentioned. Um, but there's a lot of other defensemen that are having great years. I mean, Adam Fox is having a great year. Victor Hedman um, is a point per game. Yossi, Chris Letang, Ekblad are just short of that. Um, is there any real front runner here, or um, could this go to? any one of those. I, I mean, for me personally, I would say Kale McCarr, Hedman, and Adam Fox are the front runners with the other three close behind them. But those three are, are kind of in a, a group above the rest. Yeah, I feel like at least with Hedman, it's like kind of Lidstrom. Like he just, they, they had one great Swede defenseman and probably the best defenseman in the world for a decade. And then they just replaced it with another Swede. Um, I find, I think Hedman probably won't win the trophy. Um, but I think for sure he should be top, you know, in, as a finalist, I think for me, I'd give the edge slightly to McCarr just because to be a defenseman and score 30 goals is pretty crazy. I think the last time was Mike green. Um, and that team's also rolling and, and, and super good. And I, I just give the edge to him, but Adam Fox, I think is, is still incredible. And, and it's really, it's really exciting because they're both, I think both of them are under 24, right? Um, yeah. I think yeah. Fox they're, both, is they're either the same age or Adam Fox is a year I older. Think, I think Fox is a couple years older, but still, it, it just shows you how dynamic the league is. And Yossi and Latang, you know, are, are always there and good players. So I, I think it's just a really exciting, uh, you know, youth movement of defensemen who are just super uber talented. I think a big part of like, I have to give it to Kale McCarr too. Not only is he scoring goals, like it's his day job, um, he's also doing it while being solid defensively and playing as part of those. Obviously, he's pretty lucky to have Colorado around him as a solid core, but even when he's not playing with those other top forwards, he's going out there scoring goals without letting go of the defensive aspect of the game, which often, like it frustrates me to see like players that score a lot get the Norris without being that great defensively but Makar is doing both basically perfectly. And like no team would like if Colorado ask any team, like give me your first, and we'll give you Makar. Every single one of those teams goes, absolutely. Also, I'll give you my car, anything. But my if Adam, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Okay. Yeah, no, but uh, Kale Makar for me, but it's also really tight where like if Makar like slows down even a little bit and Adam Fox doesn't, then it sh- probably goes to him. But my vote goes to Makar because like also just highlight reel after highlight reel goal. It's yeah. insane. It's insane how a guy can do that. Um, we haven't seen too many dynamic defensemen since no. perhaps even the uh, highlight reels that PK Subban and Carlson had back in the day. Right. Like that's what it reminds me of just big flashy ish, like things like that. And just, the way he can just absolutely burn other defensemen like he was playing a forward just blows my mind. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to look at. And uh, I think, I think he's getting the Norris this year. 
Alrighty. Uh, now, before I forget, so Kale McCarr and Adam Fox are both 98s. They're our years. Oh. Uh, I'm older than but, those guys. It makes me feel really bad. <laughs> uh, but I believe, uh, th- so they're different draft classes, though. So Fox was in 2016, and I believe Kale McCarr was in 2017. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, and Adam cut Fox off. was a 66th overall by Calgary. Yeah, Fox came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. I feel like he really just like Kale McCarr. Everybody was like, "This kid's gonna be good." Because wasn't he drafted like fourth, eighth, or fourth? Or he was yeah. the year the the year we were talking about Colorado coming like the worst oh, ever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, didn't yeah, win yeah. the lottery, but they came fourth and got. Yeah, I mean, and, Kale and McCarr is a pretty good shame. For that, uh, for that, pitch. no, 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 that, that, no, Bowen that was the Byron, Bowen Byron, my yeah, bad, Bowen my Byron, bad. yeah, yeah, um, was... but yeah, yeah, Adam Fox just came out of nowhere and was like, Oh, yeah, I'm good at this game now, watch, watch me, good for him, though. 47 points in 44 games this season, 47 and 55 last season, he's just really good and he's yeah. getting better. And it's not like New York is the same caliber team as Colorado either, that I is mean, true. Uh, I they, don't well, know. No, they, they score a lot of goals, but they're kind of like they've been doing a lot better offensively this season mm-hmm. than they perhaps should. Um, uh, I mean, Chris Kreider is what leading the leading the uh scoring yeah. charts, I think, right now. Yeah, scoring so, charts and most people punched outside yeah. of a game. I, w- I would say it's not like the Rangers are bad, like they have like the fifth no, or sixth not- best record in the league. So I wouldn't say not- they're bad, but like just team to team basis. I think Colorado's more well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But like, they're still a really good deep team that like, it, I just mean, he's not playing on a pedestrian team either. Like, no. Yeah. No. Right. And she's no, of course been amazing. So I just want to mm-hmm. like, I don't feel it's like, Oh, Adam Fox is like playing with this mediocre team and, punching them above their weight and then McCars with McKinnon. That's that's more what mm-hmm. I not that you said that, but I just wanted to say. All right. So Oilers, if they fail to make it to the playoffs, um is it time for McDavid and Dreisidel, one or the other perhaps, to you know ask for a trade and leave? I mean this would be they would be with the organization for what, like six ish years. And I, mean, I think Dreisidel would be seven. Um they haven't been given much. They haven't been given a lot to work with. Um, poor stints from the team. They, they don't have a lot of backup. Um, I think it's time that they ask themselves, like, where's the team going? Do they have enough to be a good team or not even just a good team, but like actually win something? Because, you know, both of those two players, top five players every single year for the last couple of years. Well, McDavid more so. Um, but you know, you have to wonder what they're thinking and, and if they're, you know, they do want to change because at a certain point, this is just getting too tiresome. I mean, Jack Eichel got out of, you know, uh, I mean, albeit for different reasons, but mm-hmm. I think part of the reason was it's not exactly a winning culture there and not exactly a good team in Buffalo. He's, he's off to Vegas now and he looks like he's going to start playing very soon, very soon. Where do they go that can a afford one or both of them. Let's say one, because both of them would be a huge package. Where does McDavid go that can afford him without completely stripping itself? Like, where can yep. he go where they're like, yeah, we'll you come to us and we're also not selling the farm or giving away a bunch of picks or making ourselves like a big superstar one for one where neither team gets better. Like, hear me out. Like, not that anything would happen, but like you switch Ovechkin and, and McDavid one for one. One goes across. One comes to Canada, the other one goes over. The Oilers don't get, like, they might get, they might play a bit better, they might not. 
Ovechkin's a fantastic player on par with McDavid. McDavid's on par with Ovechkin when it comes to this current season and their achievements and stuff like that. You put McDavid with the Capitals, maybe they play, they, they score a couple of goals, but like, where can he go? Where, I, who can afford him? Well, I, I think you raise a really good point about, I think because of the nature of the NHL and the cap, and it will go up a little bit, I believe, this year. I think it's a one or two million dollars. I forget after being flat for the past couple of years because of the pandemic. But he's making what, 12 and a half million? Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with it is, in a weird way, because he's making so much, it's a hindrance to him getting traded. There's, I don't think there's anyone other than – I think P.K. Subban was the biggest contract ever to get traded. I, I, I might not be wrong, which was about $9 million. And, like, if you're a contending team, you just don't have $12.5 million to trade off. And if you do, you're losing even more assets just to trade it off, right? And mm-hmm. I'm sure in a McDavid trade, you have to give up someone of like a decent salary and, and a good player. You need um, to give up a lot, like a lot. You're giving up four or five first round picks, and then I don't know about four or five first round picks, but like I, I don't know for McDavid, yes. I know first oh, no. you, you, you need okay. I don't Bro. know if that, that many picks, no, that many picks, no, but definitely, definitely a couple five picks. Years of your future, no. Yeah. Okay, but he's that good. No, no, no. He's well, that's not realistic. That's not gonna happen. So more plausible. So then he's not getting traded. He no, just no, has but, to wait till he's a UFA. The more plausible thing is that okay, McDavid can go to say, I don't know, for sake of this Colorado Avalanche, you give back, you know, a Miko Rantanen and you give back a I don't know, Nazim Kadrim or something like just, yeah, just they would need a young, like you need to give up like yeah, you need, you need, you need, yeah. But I think that what you get, because I, I genuinely that's a good believe, trade offer. That's actually even if you really give good. two really good players back to Edmonton for McDavid, I think the team that gets McDavid is ultimately going to do better because but that's why you give up four first round picks. But no one's going to do that. You can't I think more- I think GMs would give up that much if they were able to get McDavid. No, no. Yeah. I don't think if, they'd if be Colorado. Uh, okay, whoa, whoa. If Colorado well, no, could give up, really, but if you give Rantanen and picks, Byram for and four first round picks for McDavid, you think they wouldn't do that? I, I think that's ridiculous. Why? I, <laughs> That'd be amazing. Imagine, imagine McKinnon and McDavid on the same fucking line. Like I love oh, Rantanen; he's a great player. But that I do that in a heartbeat. If the Olympics yeah. happened, we could have seen it. Just you know. Yep. But also, also think about it. It's if you have McDavid, those picks are worth nothing. Like if he's on a good team, those picks are like twenty eight every year. But the thing oh, is, those 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 like twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty eight picks, they usually pan out if you develop them well. They pan out to be your um, you know, like your your what burner contracts, and and players that are like what, what, what are the first but you have mcconnor mcdavid <laughs> like, but, like here's much- the other thing here's the other thing about trading four picks for him you trade for Connor mcdavid nice good job he gets hurt year one out for the year he's gone okay maybe he comes back next year it's still he's worth worse. it you still you have Connor years- mcdavid like broke his collarbone and was back like super quick and i don't think like i would still do it it's it's i do it in a heartbeat like I think that Bowen Byram Rantanen is actually a great deal for both sides, because Rantanen I think signed long term. Byram's a really good young player, and then you give picks. Byram's like, also gonna actually help out the Oilers. Blue line, yeah, exactly. You know? And and 
like uh, Colorado has a plethora of defensemen. I, I think Bowen Byram and Darnell Nurse. But, but think about it. Like, there's no one ever been that good that's been traded before, like in the NHL since Gretzky. Gretzky. And Gretzky I mean, got yeah. basically this package. It was like four first-round picks, like the number one overall pick the year before. I mean, it's a different league with cap. Yeah, like what's the but, but that's the, the trade since the cap era. And like, guess what? They won the cup without Gretzky like two years after. So like it it is I don't think it's Edmonton teams winning the cup. I'm not without, saying without that McDavid. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you can stay competitive and trade away assets and vice versa. Um so I, just to go back to it though, do you think they're gonna ask for a trade? I think they will, but again, I don't know how they do it. Like that trade you gave me is one of the perfect ones because of salary. Because mm-hmm. I think Rantanen makes like eight million or something like that, and then Byron would make like two million, or maybe he's still on his entry level. But then you could have another player, and then well, after, yeah, after Byron's bridge deal, he's probably going to make closer to five. Yeah, but he might still be on, or he's an RFA, so you don't have to yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, no, I definitely get what you mean. But so I think I think that actually deal makes a lot of sense because you have like the thing is for Edmonton is you need. And it, the same is for Drysidle, maybe th- three first round picks or two first round picks instead. I think he's worth less. Like I think Drysidle, Rantanen, he's definitely worth less. Rant, right? Rantanen and two first or a first is probably just as like yeah. I think like Rantanen two first, Rantanen Byron one first would be yeah. more yeah. than enough for Drysidle. Not need- that I like. No, he's not good. He's amazing. No. But playing but, with McDavid is something else too. Yeah, and so I think. I think it makes more sense to trade dry sidle just because I think it's easier to do the problem. Yeah, like, like just the problem is that, you know, there's rumors that he's more of the leader in the dressing room. Right. And like, I think dry is a better defensive player, like marginally. That's, that's a whole right? other conversation too. Yeah. But I think, but what if they both ask out? Like, what if they, like, what if they go all NBA rogue and just say like, fail to report to camp? Yeah. Like, I don't know what Edmonton does and you can't trade both of them together because it just, there's just not enough money and there's not enough firsts in the world for that. Well, that too, but also just like how many players are you getting back? And I think it'd just be too complicated, but I think they should. I don't know how that happens, but it would be very interesting. And I like it because I think the NHL needs a little bit of that NBA. Like I think going where personally, I I don't think they publicly ask for a trade. I think they made it. They make it very like obvious to the management group. Like something needs to happen, or we're gonna do you know whatever we can about it as far as the CBA goes. But I don't think they'll publicly ask for a trade. I feel like they will. I mean, it's been so long that this Edmonton team has been mediocre, and I mean, okay, Alex, you mentioned the you know Drysdale probably being a bit better defensively than McDavid. I don't think McDavid has the luxury to not play as offensively as possible. I'm for me, it's not a. I think he could play a bit better defensively, yeah, without, just he without even you know, without even like he could be an average defensive player quite easily. I think that's possible. Um, okay. I, I think you know, like you, I, I get what you mean. I think, but also, this is like critiquing someone for being like LeBron James. It's like, okay, sure, he sucks at one thing, or like the greatest player in the world it's like sure maybe they're not as good at something but to, it's not a defamation or like if he stays the way he is i'm not complaining like one right. bit you put them on any team and they're gonna be better yeah like edmonton by no means or you know we should i kind of want to ask you guys is like 
or Edmonton is I think like what do you think they need to do in the offseason like for me I'd, I'd get rid of the GM that mm-hmm. and horrible that's, that's what, the first, what, what, first what decision. You, if, you're Ed, if you're Edmonton what do you come to McDavid and dry so I don't say this is our plan because you I don't you, you give them have... you go up to those guys and you give them and obviously they've probably done this again but you need to let them know that you're going to bring in a new GM and that GM needs time. So how, however many years are remaining on their contracts, now that you go the whole time, but, but you give the Holland. guy. Yeah. But Ken Holland was like kind of Such trash off the bat. Like off the bat. Fire. It was just not great. If you approach them and look like we all know, as far as the NBA goes, like LeBron kind of runs the Lakers, you know, he decides if you're going to get traded, you're probably going to get traded if LeBron says it. But if you approach McDavid and Drysaddle in that sense, where you ask them specifically, and if there's players that they want to kind of go after and they think they can improve, because if you're the Oilers, you want to keep those guys there. Because those guys, even though the team is trash, they sell tickets, they sell jerseys, they get people interested. They're perennial all-stars. Like, people like to go see them regardless. When the Oilers are in town, I'll go watch a game that I don't care about because I'm going to go see McDavid do something insane against Matt Murray or whatever. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Do you think if they actually address one of their biggest holes and flaws in this team, which is goaltending, if they actually bring in a competent goalie, do you think that could significantly change them? I, I think this is a really interesting hypothetical question because it's basically saying to, to McDavid and Dreisaitl, how good are you? Like how, you know, the, the, the team I, I think I've mentioned it on previous pods, but the team I think about is that 2017 Penguins team. Um, that team had a bit more depth offensively with with Kessel, Malkin, Crosby, and a couple others. But that decor was atrocious. Like, Ron Hainsey was their best defenseman. And I like Ron Hainsey, but, like, to think he's your number one is, like, ludicrous that they won the cup. But, you know, they're they're been tied to Marc-Andre Fleury, which is really hard cap-wise. I think they'd basically have to trade Koskinen and then eat half of uh, Fleury's deal or something like that. But I think Fleury would be great. I don't think He's Fleury old. wants to move though. I don't think Fleury wants to move. Yeah. I don't know, but let's 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 just say they got Fleury, right? Sure. Or or someone as good at the trade deadline. I don't know who else would be kind of on the market because what about but, one of the tandem guys from like New York or uh, Capitals? Well, like Samsonov or yeah, I, I think well, Samsonov is their best bet. Yeah, but they're not going to get rid of Shesterkin or um, Shesterkin's not getting traded. But maybe yeah. uh, is it Gorgiev? Jordan, maybe Gorgiev. Gorgiev. Yeah, but he's he's not. But a I don't. I don't think if you're Edmonton, you're like I'm going to get a perennial one B goalie to like fix this. They tried it with Cam Talbot, who's playing really well in uh, Minnesota, but mm-hmm. um, I think let, let's say they get flurry. Let's yeah. Let's say they get flurry. Right. And let's say he plays as well as he did last year. I think again, there's so many holes in this team. It's again, even if they get got like elite goaltending, it's how good is Connor McDavid and Leon dry especially in the playoffs. And also can refs call a penalty when they attack. Yeah. Fairly, yeah, yeah. As a Jets fan who didn't benefited from the refs in that series. Mm-hmm. All right, can I? So we're spending a lot of time on this. Uh, I think we're all enjoying this. So let, let's stay with this for a bit longer. Um, I'm going to go through some of the roster, and you, what you don't want to? No, no. I, I'm just thinking about the roster. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we mentioned the goalies, but let's look at the defense. Okay, Darnell Nurse, he's done really well. You he's keep him. That he can you be keep a Darnell good Nurse. Player. He hasn't been yeah. that good this year, but yes. Still. He's still good. Okay. I don't know. I agree. Duncan Keith, I don't like. All right, that was a bad trade. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You bring in a veteran player, and if they're able to produce, it can, he's a leader in the locker room. Right. So if he's able to produce and like prove that he's still capable, then that works really well. But the thing is, the guy can't skate. The guy is what, 38? I mean, he's a, he like in his prime. I mean, there weren't many better defensemen than him, but he's not there. He's 38. What, like, what is his actual value that he's bringing? Um, It's the same with like Tyson Berry. I mean, Tyson Berry is not the same player by any means, but. When you have a player that you know can only really quarterback a power play, he's not even doing that right now. He's so bad. He yeah. I, that contract again, another stupid contract. Three more years. Yeah, four and a half million. He had forty-eight points last year in fifty-six games. This year, seventeen and thirty-nine. What's his plus minus? Minus nine. He's always been a horrible like uh, defensive defenseman. But even just like his offensive production wasn't going to stay. Okay, like Cody Cece, I think if, if he's your like fifth defenseman, that's fine. But he's in their top four. And um, he's making 3.25 million. Like that's too much. That's that he should be making one to two. That's max two. Right. You should be you should be having like an older AHL guy that's been playing in your like AHL team forever and makes like league minimum well, Hall. in that spot. Hall for Toronto. Justin he's, Hall. He's yeah. been, he, you know, he was brought in and he's done really well. And he's proven that he can be, yeah. I mean, he's not bad this year, but yeah. yeah. Like a, a Brett, Brett Kulak who makes yeah. less than that yeah. and just kind of hangs out and plays okay, you know? Yeah. Okay. Evan Bouchard, Philip Broberg. Those are two players that they need to hit. Um, I, I don't, I haven't watched much of Philip Broberg, but I know Evan Bouchard has been pretty decent for the most yeah, he's, part. He's been, he's, he's been, he's a, he's a better offensive defenseman than, defensive but he has 24 points in in 45 games like a basically neutral like plus minus like do you know who would have been great in that cc spot ethan bear i know yeah warren fogel why warren fogel's a good like third liner but but would you rather have ethan bear or warren fogel well and and that's the thing like this this because they knew that they were going to get duncan keith right so it's like but again there's so many flaws. Okay, so, but then it, it goes back to the, you talk to McDavid and Drysdale. Okay, they have three contracts that are horrible on their defensive end, and they're not going to get any better. And then you have two goalies that aren't getting it done. Bro, you need one Can someone explain to me why they signed, re-signed Mike Smith, who's 39, to a two-year deal? They and heard me talking about Mike Smith too much during like, and he's the making last year. Two and a half, he's making 2.2 million, like, I I don't hate Mike Smith. It's not, but just this team has been horribly run. And I I think if if Ken Holland's the GM of this team by the summer, and let's assume they don't make the playoffs or they squeak in and and do poorly, he has to be gone. And and that's the only way I say to management, you get me a good GM, and then and I think. But they, did that, but they did that. Like Ken Holland was supposed to I agree. To be I'd still person. ask out either way. I'd still ask out either way. Um, right. It's just. Do we, do we need to go into the forwards? I, I, I think personally, 
the goaltending and the defensive issues, we already see the image there. I think the top the two forwards, lines, the, but the top two lines for the like, okay, the forwards. How do we put it? They rely too much on McDavid and Dry. So I think there's like a, a complacency, perhaps. Well, like every right? team needs depth scoring. The yeah. Oilers just happen to need a little bit more because of that complacency. So like as much as you know, I, I, we like to complain about depth scoring on the Oilers, depth scoring on the Oilers. But like at the end of the day, if their defense was much was better and their goaltending was better, we probably wouldn't be complaining about the depth yeah. scoring because McDavid and Drysaitel and you know Nuge and all that would still be putting up like three goals a game. And if they could, you know, stop the other team from getting just as many or even just be slightly better you wouldn't be hearing about depth scoring because right now they feel the need to supplement their offense with more offense instead of. But yeah, like if you look at their like numbers, they're 12th in scoring, which isn't like enough probably to win the cup, but that's good enough to be a good team. Right. And they're 23rd in goals allowed. Right. And like when you have the puck possession, like McDavid and dry like you should not be giving and their, their decor sucks. And then they have no depth. And like, that's a byproduct of just having two huge cap hits. Like I'm not blaming it completely on like, like that on uh, what's their Colin, but you know, that's kind of to be expected, but at the same time, like, you know, and like Evander Kane makes a lot of sense for the team. Uh, we can go into everything else with Evander Kane you know no, we, we I, don't think, need to get into that. I think he needs therapy personally but that's uh, another subject but he's been really productive for them so maybe that helps four um, points I mean, in six games but, but we're, we're talking about you know secondary scoring as well I mean Pooley RV with 26 and 43 Kaylor Yamamoto with 16 and 45 Fogel 15 45 Cassian isn't the player that he was like he, he he's had some bad injuries uh, more like concussion related um they need to be better. Zach Hyman's playing well too. Zach Hyman's yeah, actually Hyman's been really good. good. Hyman's, Hyman's been, been a great, a good, uh, a good addition. Yeah. But these secondary players need to be better. <laughs> They're not. And then the third and fourth line, um, just abysmal, non-existent. Yeah. And well, it's because you have guys like Kyle Turris that are like, oh yeah, he's going to be a good addition, and it was a good thought, but then all these Perlini. little poor decisions that just keep cascading into worse and worse decisions. Perlini as well. And yeah, I mean, even uh, arguably Warren Fogel's been okay, but when your defense is such good. a big problem, yeah. yeah, when your defense is a big problem, you hold on to Ethan Bear. Yeah. After having a great rookie season, an okay sophomore season, like you're you're looking at yourself in the mirror saying, I need more young, good defensemen. And then you have Ethan Bear on one side and you go, nah, not this guy. You, you know what it feels like? And this is like, this is one of my biggest complaints with Vancouver is. You okay? You can underestimate a player, and then you can overestimate a player, and you can weigh, you can average out or figure out how well the player is going to do. You know, if they underachieve or they overachieve. Well, I feel like, like in Vancouver, I think the Edmonton Oilers are always predicting that the players are going to be at the overachieving or the best possible scenario perspective, mm-hmm. when it's always in the middle or perhaps even worse. Mm-hmm. it's like you need to be more realistic with some of these players because they're not getting it done and they weren't getting it done before yeah they need to stop looking at a lot of players as like saviors and just be like like we need to make a team that can save itself instead of relying on two people named leon and connor 
I think that's a great point because like, why are you signing Mike Smith? He played really well last year, but why are you signing him to term? They're making all these deals that are going to be like, and why are this you is getting, the one. And why is, why are you getting Duncan Keith in? Like, and exactly. The, the, and he's actually time, been, he's been better than I thought. Arguably. But, yeah. But still, and also just the deal itself, like, you know, you have cap issues. He's not worth $5 million. You tell Chicago, they have to eat that pick or, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, it, and they gave out a third round pick. Like it just, it just really stupid um, decisions. And I don't see a fix, but I do think if you have a, a new management group, you can compile enough around it um, that you can, you can, you can win the cup because they're that good rather than actually how good the roster is. I think they can be that 2017 Pittsburgh team. In my opinion, they have enough there if that they just get, a good goalie in and then another maybe good depth defenseman. But again, you know, they didn't want to trade a first round pick at the deadline last year. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. why not? You know, you needed to get better this year. It doesn't make any sense because of the cap and and they have no, you know, space. And it's just a a horribly run organization. And I wish McDavid went to a better team and, and same with dry too just to, to shout him out as well yeah like the, the pieces of as much as we look at the roster and kind of argue about it like the pieces for a better team than what is playing right now are there mm. like if some of these decisions were not made or reversed yeah. or made slightly differently they like, made... look at like i'm looking at this defense core and like yeah it doesn't look good right now but you look at the top ends of it between darnell nurse and Tyson Berry, and if Broberg pans out, that's three guys that are Bouchard as well. I mean, Bouchard, those are four guys that are average to better than average. Def- well, average defenseman, Darnell be, better than average. Yeah, yeah, they can play average, but then the rest of it just like actively drags everything down. Yeah, like Duncan Keith will be too slow and let more in than the fact like, the fact that Darnell Nurse is good can counteract. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. The lack of depth scoring is currently being kind of overshadowed by the fact that Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid are absolutely insane. But then it's all just sunk by the fact that your goalies are shooter tutors. Yeah. Alrighty. I'd like to get into, there's three topics I would like to talk about, um, but we'll we'll go over them a bit quicker than the previous couple conversations, just because we're, we are running out of time. Um, I want to talk about the rats in the league, Arizona coyotes, and then summer Olympics for hockey. So to summer. begin with, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking big. Oh I'm my god, big. I've heard this before. Anyways, continue. So okay, is the league in need of more rats like Marshan and Wilson? Personally, I mean, I think they bring a lot to the game that would otherwise be missed, other than their headshots and their, you know, I think that that should be taken out. But I think you do need some assholes in the league. I think it adds a flair. And a little bit of, you know, fun. To you need game. a heel. The game needs a heel. It needs somebody that people don't like, and it's fun to not like. I don't like Brad Marchand because I'm a Habs fan. You know, I it's it's in my blood. It's who I am. But the problem with that is he's super suspended. Hits people, cheap shots people. Tom Wilson makes very lewd gestures and stuff at the crowds and the fans and stuff. I don't think that's a part of the game that we want to push. I think the league is in need of more you know, quote unquote rap players that are actually playing the game at the same time. Like you look at guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. I I just want, just to be clear, Brad Marshawn is sick. I I know Marshawn Wilson are actually, 
quality hockey players. Like those are the only two that you can think of that have those aspects. And there are many other players that are kind of like just basically out on the ice to not goon people because that's no longer a thing, but they are just a product of I have I have I have a couple points and and I'll I'll do a little like Stephen A. Smith little like take. Um, oh boy. It's not really like that, but just like a kind of diversion. Go ahead. Let's a little bit. Hear it. But for me, I I I don't like who how Marshawn Wilson play, but more for the stuff like what Marshawn just got suspended for like punching a goalie and doing that stuff. I don't mind him like always mouthing off to refs and players and being kind of um not cheeky, there's a better word, but um for it. But, pardon me. What? Yeah, no, that's not what I'm it's okay. Antagonist. Me, yeah. Um uh, but what I really, oh, it's petty. I like the pettiness. Um, yeah. But what I would say is I think, and, and the, again, this is my, my little Stephen A. I like the, I like guys like Brady Kachuk. That's the way I want the NHL to go. I think Shocker. Brad Marchand and Wilson are, are really good players, but Brady Kachuk's never been suspended. He's never like getting fines. He so, plays, he's in your face. He's talking shit, but he's not like, like elbowing guys in the face and giving them concussions. And that's kind of my line of a guy who's in your face, talking shit, doing all that kind of stuff. But at the same time is within the rules and also just not like, like actually endangering other players. And and I think, I think I can agree with you and say, kind of like wrap it up a little bit to less Marshawns and Wilson, more Brady Kachucks, more Brendan Gallagher's more Zach Hyman, gritty guys. Yeah. Yeah. More Nazem Kadri, Matthew Kachuk's, like yeah, more guys who are like Matthew Kachuk's done a, a bit pest. more dirty thing. Yeah. Kachuk, yeah, 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 yeah. And, Brady and Brady hasn't. Brady, like I Not watch yet, a lot of sense. I don't know. I mean, Matt had done a bunch of stuff by the yeah. time Brady, but I get your but again, point. Brady Kachuk, Brendan Gallagher, they're guys that like no other team likes to play against them. Yeah, they're like this guy is so annoying he's a pain he's always in front of the net he's always frustrating my goalie you know blah 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 blah. but he's not but he's playing the game he's not the punching face. your goalie he's just yeah. standing there telling you how much you suck at this game yeah while he tips one right like short side yeah mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing that i and, like to see more of because it creates I, those rivalries and stuff like that but there's nobody out there you know taking a swing at other guys with their stick you know and for me it it's encapsulated with uh with did you guys hear the Brandon Tanev quote or like the hot mic from earlier this year when he's when he's beside uh Jeff Skinner and he's like who the hell gave you nine million dollars yes yeah that on, those kind of and like yeah. that stuff I love that's great yeah. like yeah. that's you know that's the stuff I like you know so and obviously Brett Marchand and Wilson do some of that which I like I think it's just more you just gotta cut back and yeah but as far as a whole I think those type of players I specifically like Marshawn Wilson, I don't like because they lead to these long-term injuries and these potential career-ending injuries for players that I just don't think is good for the game. Um, I'm not saying like you can't annoy the other guys or do stuff like that. And yeah, the game comes down like it's one of the only sports that you're allowed to go out there, beat the shit out of another guy and only get five minutes for it. You know, (laughs) like it's kind of wild to think about, but the deliberacy and the non-reciprocation Right, you swing your stick at another guy, you catch him in the side of the head, he's concussed. He didn't, he can't respond to you. Even if he pushed you around earlier and you didn't like it, the ref will call it if it's something big most of the time. You know, the refs aren't perfect, they're human. But if it's yeah. something that's actually penalizable, you know, something will happen about it. But just going up and sucker punching a goalie while he's covering the puck, 
That's that shouldn't be in the game. No. Already, what the fuck is the point of the Arizona Coyotes? Now they're not playing at Glendale anymore. They're playing at ASU, which has a capacity of five thousand people. And granted, that 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 stadium will be lucky if it you know fills out to half. But um, you know what what is the point of having a, a team in Phoenix? It just it just seems ridiculous. Or you know, are they building a new stadium? Are they trying to do something in Phoenix? Because I mean, we know that these teams can work in high-density areas. Glendale wasn't it. It needs to be in the actual city. As a Canadian hockey fan, just of all, you know, the sport that we have here, seeing this and seeing the fact that Batman and the league are okay with it and approving and stuff like that is the most frustrating thing in the world because every year there's a rumor like, ooh, is Vancouver going to move? Like, before we had Seattle, it was like, is Vancouver going to go to Seattle? Are there, there going to be a team in Quebec? Do we need to move one of the Alberta teams? What's going on with hockey in Canada? Nobody likes it. We should leave. Because the U.S. obviously makes more money regarding hockey than in Canada, you know, because they have for most TV, teams for TV. for TV purposes and stuff like that. And they hate the travel and stuff. But seeing this is like a slap in the face because, like, we have c- cities that would sell out those arenas. Like... We could put a team in Quebec and it would sell out. That rivalry would spark right back up without a doubt. I know so many Habs fans who would be like, all right, I'm done with this jersey. Let's pull out the old Nordiques one. So many fans would do that. You could probably Even put a team in Quebec Hamilton. Yeah. You could Hamilton probably put a team Brampton in Hamilton. Brampton. Yeah. You could put a team in Saskatchewan. Make the Brandon Wheat Kings an hey. NHL team. I guarantee you they sell out. Bro, okay. I, I have one like petty point for how much I hate Batman. So he he had his press conference at the um, All-Star game, you know, talked about a numerous amount of things in a horrible way, as he always does. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is he started ripping on the Quebec government, Canadian government for basically warning them not to give restrictions that we're losing money. And then you think, well, you know what? You might not lose money. You might lose some money if you play a team with, in front of 5,000 people, you freaking dumbass. Right. right. Like, it's like if you're you're complaining about Canadian teams putting restrictions, if they go to 50% capacity, it's still 5,000 more fans, double the capacity of Arizona next year. Now, yep. I'll go into a little bit of the minutia of, of Arizona and what's happening. Basically, Glendale is like way, way out. It's like the Canadian Tire Center on steroids in, in Phoenix. They have it's a... At least, it's like 45 minutes to an yeah, hour. Yeah, they have... Um, they have a kind of deal that isn't fully lined up, but in Tempe, which is a big metropolis, like basically an adjacent city to, to, to Phoenix, um, that probably would actually has a decent chance of working. But that hasn't been agreed to because they didn't pay the bills at Glendale. So what the city council doesn't necessarily uh, want to pay for it if they know they might not get paid or it's a hassle to get paid. Um, now with the ASU thing, where they were they're going to play at um, the Arizona State hockey rink that you've mentioned, it's not even ready until December. So this team's not going to play. Like it's what we're February, and they don't know when they'll have a stadium because it's being built there too, right? So I, I just it's such a you know shit show. I'd move this team to Toronto. You could. I don't understand why they haven't done that. Just put another team in Toronto. They'll make a bajillion amount of dollars. Um, I don't know about Quebec as much, mostly because of the size and, and stuff, but I'm not against it. And then put a team in Houston. You can like you can do other things uh, and, and they, sh- they shouldn't have a team in Arizona. And apparently, like, 
you know, Austin Matthews grew up there. I'm not hating on Arizona fans. Not that we, I only know one in my life or two, one and a half, but um, one and a half. Owen, and half. Felix kind of, he likes them a little bit, right, but go on. you get what he's I mean. Is that, is that it's not an indictment. I think if they were put in the same stadium as where the Suns played, they'd get a decent crowd kind of like, I don't know if they'd be huge, but. I'm sure they'd be able to not be the worst franchise in the league uh, monetarily. And that's coming from a Sens fan. All I'm saying is that if they're going to play at ASU, them and the university team should play once a week to decide who gets to be the NHL team for that week. Yep. Because <laughs> honestly, they'd probably end up playing the same. <laughs> also, I big... would pay to watch that. I would 100% watch that. Like if I had Sunday, a Sunday be... at 11 o'clock, they show the like, ASU versus Arizona Coyotes to decide I would watch it and then at the end they all got to switch jerseys and the NHL players got to go to their classes and everything I would watch that show Bro, wouldn't it be Hard sick to, be. to actually go in that barn and like every seat is like fucking sick because you're like so close yeah like like <laughs> like it'd kind of be sick to go but it's so stupid but I'd actually I'd actually go just as like a nice little vacation and and, and then just see my uh the the Coyotes <laughs> a lot of shit talk there already last point before we end this um so obviously there's no nhl players playing at the olympics this winter so it begs the question because the main issue is that the olympics does or nhl what is it gary bettman and, and the owners don't want to send nhlers during the nhl um season regular season i i will say be put to the summer like should should hockey be a summer sport now i i actually think this is a really good idea um i think it's it makes a lot of sense um but it's very I, north american centric yeah yeah but i i mean why not like if they're having a winter olympics in beijing you can play a, a winter olympic sport in the summer like like come on like it's I, I no i completely agree i think it'd be great um i don't think I think it could still be, I don't think they need to honestly, the NHL and the players, I think would have got, they would have gone if it wasn't for COVID. Like it wasn't just fully the NHL to give them a little bit of credit or just like kind of deference, I guess. Um, like there was a lot of amount of credit possible to give not credit, but like, I'm not completely blaming them because I know from listening to, you know, Elliot Friedman and others, like, you know, Robin Leonard, who would have played for Team Sweden, wasn't going to go because of the China thing. Like, I think China and COVID was a huge reason why. And obviously, teams were getting outbreaks um, like the past, like last month in December and stuff. So um, I, they were going to go if it wasn't for COVID and, and everything. So I think, you know, the next Olympics is in Turin or, or like it's basically Torino again. Um, I think they'll go. Um, but I think if they just put in the summer, it'd be better because it's like the, you know, NBA and it's the off season. And I think, I still think clearly the NHL players basically, you know, lost leverage in CBA negotiations to, to be able to play in the, the Olympics to basically lose money or leverage. It's, it's important to them. So I think, you know, it'd be great if, if it was in the summer. I, I think so. I think we should be working and the NHL should be working and it just kind of came into a perfect shitstorm, so to say that it didn't work out because things were lined up to work out relatively well and peacefully and had things gone off properly without a hitch I think it would have opened the door to many future Olympic with 
the NHL. So it's really unfortunate that we missed out on it. And it kind of sucks too. Cause like, you know, you look at the world juniors, that got canceled. And a lot of these kids, you know, they're 22 or whatever. They're not going to have the chance to play again, yeah. or they're sorry. They're born in 2002 and they're not going to have the chance to play again. And uh, a lot of these NHLers are not going to make it to another Olympics. No. Like a lot of these guys that may or may not have won in the past during like the, you know, the Canada heydays, like they're not going back and playing again. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of unfortunate for them, but it's also just, not good for the sport like people you know the the olympics are viewed worldwide like people are watching and even you know if i randomly put on some kind of skiing i never watch because it's on and i get interested in it somebody out there is going to be watching there's going to be a hockey game they're going to go why is it 14 to nothing and where's kazakhstan but you know they're going to enjoy it and they're going to think it's fun no i i I completely agree and and i think that's the biggest thing this the nhl so bad at promoting its game and especially like in a non like North American centric way, especially as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I, Kieran, can we talk about the women's hockey? Cause I, I feel passionately about it. Can we yeah. have a five minute thing about it? Or is there something you want? There's to only, do? no, we'll, we'll get into that. There, there's only one thing I wanted to add to this um, little devil's advocate because we're, we're thinking of the NHL and it's very Western. It's very North American, um, you know, view of, of potentially having in the summer Olympics, um, but you got to think about it. Canada and the United States aren't the only countries that play hockey, right? Like other yeah. leagues in other world, like around the globe will are willing to send players to For the sure. Olympics. And so yeah. I think it's, it's, you know, we, we can think about it in our own perspective and yes, it's not best on best, but at the end of the day, you know, players from other countries are going to take the opportunity and go and, you know, if that's opportunities available, they're going to do it. Uh, yeah, no, I think, and like, I've still tried to watch the men's Olymp- I I've actually watched it more than I thought. I thought I wouldn't care about the hockey, like the men's tournament. And I actually have, like, I've watched a decent amount of games and it's exciting. Cause like, there's been young players that basically a lot of world junior guys have, have played for their country um, at, the, at the current Olympics that's going on right now. So, um, and you can see it, like, look at the NHL, it's way more diverse, like with, with regards to there's Swiss players, there's German players, there's Danish players, Norwegian that are really good players. And, and like, you kind of want more of that. You want the best on best. You want the best players in the NHL, but also the best players at the Olympics or at the, the biggest stage. So I, I hope that, you know, in 2026, or if they do it in the summer, I don't think that's a, like, I don't think that's like probable, but it's probably possible, but that would be awesome. I, th- I think just this has been two, two missed Olympics with no NHLers is, is significant and it's going to affect how hockey's grows and, and, and not in a good way. Hmm. Yeah. It's been really interesting to see and like unfortunate to see things like that. But when we talk about, you know, we're thinking a very West central way, which we definitely are. Uh, you know, both, all of us living in Canada and, and having various Team Canada, you know, affiliations and wanting to see them succeed. But also just in the world, like a large majority of professional hockey players come from North America. It's just kind of a fact that we have to deal with as much as I and I love the fact that it's becoming more and more diverse. Like 10 years ago, I couldn't have named a good German player. And now Leon Dreisettle is the Kulzig. first person that pops up. Yeah. OK, sorry. I'll have Kulzig, But like but even when you look at other tournaments like if you look at the spengler cup and the fact that it's a invite only european tournament and the top team to have won it is canada uh and it's only consisting of canadians that have lived and play mostly in europe it shows that 
having those teams and those players come in to make it best on best would, you know, I would, would really make for an ideal situation. I know it's kind of going on and on about the same things, but we're, I'm really excited to hopefully be able to have it return as much as I, I love the fact that we still managed to send a team, despite it being, you know, not best on best, you know, so got a lot of Habs representing in there. Mm. Um, but I'm just looking forward to hopefully being in a place where 2026 can have the return of the NHL level Olympics. Alex, I'll let you go on your, the little bit. So, so cheering in the, in the, in our document, but I, I, I think it's also have some people for the women's Olympics have said, you know, it's just Canada versus USA. Is it, should it be in the Olympics, which for me is very infuriating. Um, I did not say that. Where is the fun in that? You said that's no, I just said, no, no, no. There's context that is missing. I'm not that bad of a person. No, no. I I know you didn't. When it's, when it's the United States versus Canada and really there's no other real competitors, it's hard to get behind and it's, you want to see the sport grow. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, for sure. And I think, um, you know, some of the problems that they've, you know, they haven't really had a, a women's professional league that's grown and, and been able to bring in like people from all around the world, not just Canadians. And, but I will say watching both Canada, you want to say like, they're, fu- they're really good. Like, obviously they're, you know, it's different between the NHL and, you know, speed and, and everything, but to watch the Canadian women's team is just like, wow like they're just so talented so many young players i'll shout out filier mm. poulain who everyone knows spooner jenner um just really good like and some of these goals are beautiful and i think you know um uh, sarah nurse just um being a bipoc player for black history month shout out um but yeah just <laughs> kieran's giving me a look but overall um i think it is good for the sport and you know, you can see when China beat Japan in the women's tournament, how much it meant to them. Um, I, I I hope it will grow. I think it is a concern for sure that it's always Canada, USA. And, and like there was only one time where it wasn't. And that was like almost 20 years ago now. Um, but hopefully, I think the more we put an emphasis on it and have a professional league and grow even if it's just that we grow more in Canada and USA, which I, I, I hope not, it's that I hope it's more international. That's still better because girls and young women should feel as though they can play hockey in a professional environment, in a league, be sustainable. And, and I think just having it out there at the Olympics can um, influence uh, girls and young women. To, the game. Yeah, it, exactly. It, it and gives the opportunity that, to see that, you know, it, it can be for them as well. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think, you know, there's been like people like articles in Toronto uh, star that were saying, why even have the Olympics like women's Olympics because of, you know, it's always Canada, USA. And it's just like um, really disappointing. And uh, I think the hockey community can recognize uh, how um, awesome it is to to have it and, and how it needs to be there. Um, And yeah. Yeah, I think the argument that like dominance takes away from the sport and means that it should be removed or thought about is is preposterous. It's ridiculous. Like good athletes win a lot. And generally, that's a celebrated achievement. When you look at Michael Phelps and you go, man, that guy's got a lot of medals. 
it's, oh my God, this guy is so talented. I can't wait to see how many he gets. And then you assemble two very qualified teams of women who play against each other. And all of a sudden it's like, no, I don't want to see women playing the sport at a very good professional level. Yeah. It's, it's this whole argument when you look at, and the big difference between that is that Michael Phelps is a guy and the rest of this league is composed of women. Cause you look at a lot of other sports where you had when, um, Usain Bolt was winning a lot and just performing extremely well. Everybody was cheering him on fastest man alive. Let's see where he can go. But that's nobody said, take out the sprint from the Olympics. Nobody even ushered a thought towards it because everybody wanted to see who's going to dethrone him. And, you know, as Canadians, we got to see like, Oh, Andre de Grasse, you know, maybe he's going to be our guy. And it was a very fun thing to watch. But now people are looking at this other effect of we have two women's teams for playing a lot. Why is it different? Mm-hmm. And the answer is out there. We can all see it, which is insane. It's something that shouldn't even be a question. It shouldn't be considered. It should be there's men's ice hockey, there's women's ice hockey. That's end of story. Is there a reasoning? Do you need a reasoning? No, you don't, because you have them separate. If you wanted to have the mix, that would be also a lot of fun. But cool. <laughs> the That'd fact that the fact that there's even a question because it's a women's sport, in my opinion, it comes down to because it's a women's sport, people are making a big deal about it. And again, the same thing is happening when you look at a little further from the Olympics, but you look at like WNBA and how everything is so different. They make so less money. They have less resources, less support. Like your WNBA star, like your star players, which unfortunately I'm not very well versed, but I'm aware that they don't make as much money. Alex, I'm sure you can help me out. Yeah, I can help you out makes probably as much or less as like just some random role player on a decent team. They make yeah, less. Like they make a lot less. Yeah. Like it's I don't want to get, I don't want to get into the minutia too much. And, and the thing with the WNBA, they've been around for about um, 20 years or uh, maybe 25. Um, and, and they haven't even had a, you know, in for hockey, there hasn't been a stable league the whole time. They're hopefully with. Yeah, the P- exactly. Uh, I want to say it right. PWHPA. Um, which is a new league. I hope it can get off the ground. Um, I think it's been great that Sportsnet has had it on, like, you know, aired um, uh, nationally on on its broadcast. I think that's only good. Um, and hopefully they can sustain themselves. Kind of like a women's soccer league here would be great. Yeah. You know, they won the gold medal and they don't even have a, you know, a domestic league. Exactly. Um, it's It's so... I mean, we can all like, I just hope. And I, th- I think for us as like big sports fans, it's about consuming, promoting, um, sharing and, and talking about it. And, you know, we're, we don't, we're not capital. We don't have the money to, to yeah, buy or, yeah. or make that. But I think just promoting and talking about it is, is only good. And, and, and watching and spending money, you know, mm-hmm. like that's how you support, right? Vote so, with your wallet. And, and I, I was just as excited. Sorry to cut you off. I was just as excited last time the women's team Canada won gold with that OT eight minutes in playing. Like I was losing my mind. I remember just, where I was. Yeah, yeah. Just exactly. I remember where I was just the same as I'm like, have the you, golden goal. Like, ha, it's have you guys same, you know, have you guys it's seen a level uh, of excitement? Have you guys ever seen the Tim and Sid, their reaction to the goal? They're on like radio and they like lose their mind. Like, of course, because it's it's right. such a powerful uh, thing of a sport that people are together in, and it doesn't matter. Pride. It's pride. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just pride. It doesn't matter that it's a women's sport. It should be encouraged but, and pushed. But just like as much. I watched, I watched the the women's team. I'm like, holy, like these, like these women are sick. so good. Yeah. yeah, like it's like 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 Philly, like just had a goal where she's like 
I can't, I probably will butcher the explanation, but basically goes top cheddar, like falling backwards on her backhand. And it was just like an insane goal. Like, and if that was in the NHL, you'd be like, that was one of the nicest goals of like, might be the goal of the day. Right. And be like Mm -hmm. on the top 10 or whatever. Right. Like there's no reason it should be in there. And another thing that's important is as much as the world is getting better at these things and incorporating women's sports stuff like that, it shouldn't be tokenized. It should be turned into a, every day we have at least one women's, you know, highlight because we have to, it should be, holy shit. Did you see what happened? Yeah. I mean, watch how cool this was. I think, you know, like we don't need to go, we can end it now, but I think there's some good things about tokenism, but not focusing on it. It's like we, you know, you first need to be on stage, but then once they're on stage, let's not focus that they're on stage. Right. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Right. And, and I think, you know, I think it's, I, I think it's going in the right direction, but um, again, going back to the NHL, they've been so bad at promoting hockey um, mm-hmm. and, and investing in women's hockey. Um, I, I just, I hope that can change and I hope Canada wins the gold in a week from now, mm-hmm. or if it's that, I don't know, it might be four days, but. Yeah. Well, first they we play, need to they play, they play we tonight or today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it tonight oh, or tomorrow morning? I think it's, it's tonight. It's tonight. Ooh. It's at 11. Okay. I think I'm so. I'll watching. After the so, Super Bowl, perfect time. <laughs> Let's hope that they get the W. Um, but that will cap it off for this week's Geeking on Sportscast. Uh, we're hoping for the best, and we're hoping that our Canadian Olympians are doing well in the uh, Olympic Games, and they have been doing well. Um it's i mean it's always good fun to watch them play it's unfortunate with the time zone we can't you know see everything live but we can see some streams afterwards and some recaps and so on but anyways thank you to the listener for tuning into this week's geeking on sportscasts till next time take care